Hey everyone, welcome back to Scott's Sexy Instant Cereal. This is Kay Sterling, and welcome back to The Perfect Cover. We took a week off so I could finish up editing and get Ellis Harper's Shot in the Dark ready for publication. But we pick up with chapters 12 and 13, and here we see Royce first apologizing to Grant and trying to reset their scenario or their relationship and try to get off on a better foot. And then we see how that continues with a uh, special outing for the two of them in chapter 13. Let's see how Royce does and if he can turn things around. Chapter 12 How bad do you think it's going to be? Grant asked Edgar as they stared at the post office and the six beans. Bradshaw's car was already parked in front of the coffee shop and Grant's stomach clenched nervously and his heart raced. He missed the peaceful blandness of his morning routine and regretted even bristling at it for a moment. Friday feels like an eternity ago, he sighed. It was only Tuesday morning, but Grant was already tired and done with the week. He wanted to stay home and hide in his bed but Audrey and Edgar crashed into his room at 7 a.m. with coffee and a muffin. Audrey guilted Grant out of bed by reminding him that Edgar was looking forward to his first morning outing without the cone. Let's get this over with, Grant muttered as he got the door for Edgar. Oh, good morning, Grant. And look who's all better, Rhoda exclaimed as she reached under her counter and found the box of dog biscuits. She pulled one out and Edgar craned his neck and gently took it from her. Such a sweet boy, she said as she patted his head, then grinned knowingly at Grant. And I heard you met someone sweet this weekend, she whispered. Grant's smile became tight, and a weak laugh slipped from him. The verdict is still out, but I did meet someone, he said, then cleared his throat. Anything for us this morning? he asked, and she jumped. Right, you've got much better things to do with your time now she teased, as she pushed a postcard at him. Just this from Audrey's dentist, reminding her to schedule a checkup, she said, and Grant took it and tapped his brow with it. I guess we'll be off then. He turned and followed Edgar to the door and got it for him. Grant had already scheduled Audrey's checkup, but he pushed the postcard into his back pocket then took a fortifying breath as he pulled open the door to the coffee shop. Bradshaw was leaning against the counter and chatting with Vanessa and they both smiled at Grant. The door hit him in the ass, and he grunted as he stumbled over the threshold. Edgar groaned up at him, and Grant gasped and apologized under his breath as he held out his palm so he could dispose of the dog biscuit. Edgar let it fall off his tongue, and his tail wagged as he padded off to visit the Davis sisters. There you are, Edgar, Sylvia Davis cried. I've saved the melon for you, she told him, and picked a piece out of her fruit salad for him. Edgar was delighted and his tail swished on the cement floor as he sat and joined them for fruit and a little light gossip. Grant forced his feet to move forward and Bradshaw's smile was warm and easy as he pushed away from the counter and went to him. He was wearing jeans and a light blue shirt and the sleeves were rolled up again, making Grant a touch dizzy. Hey, Bradshaw rumbled softly as he leaned close and gave Grant a loose hug and kissed his cheek. I had a great time with you and Audrey last night, he said. Grant saw Vanessa clutch her locket as she swooned and his face was warm as he nodded. 
I did too, he replied as he stepped back. He could feel everyone's eyes on him and it made his scalp prickle and sweat. Are you taking Edgar to the park? Bradshaw asked helpfully, and Grant nodded again. Yeah, after he's mooched off the Davises and I get my coffee, he said. Bradshaw's brows rose. His eyes twinkled and his lips twitched as he glanced at Edgar. Mind if I join you? he asked. Grant shook his head, then pointed at Vanessa as he stepped around Bradshaw. Not at all. I'll just be a minute, he mumbled. His hand shook as he reached into his pocket for his wallet. He already took care of it, Vanessa announced as she pushed Grant's coffee across the counter at him. Okay, he mouthed as he took it. He gave her a pained smile, then went to add sugar to his cup. He was glad his back was to the room as he pried off the top and shook out two packets of sugar. He made a mess as he stirred and quickly cleaned it up with a handful of napkins. I think I'm ready to go, he said as he turned, and Bradshaw was patiently petting Edgar as they waited by the door. Great, off we go then, Bradshaw said as he opened the door. Grant offered Vanessa and the Davises a weak wave then hurried out of the coffee shop. Why didn't I take a Xanax this morning? He whispered to himself as he rubbed the back of his hand across his forehead. You did fine, Bradshaw murmured in his ear as his hand pressed against Grant's lower back soothingly. I'm a nervous wreck, Grant said quietly, and Bradshaw shrugged as he fell in step next to him. Most people are on their first few dates, Bradshaw pointed out. They stepped off the curb and passed by the fountain as they crossed the town center. Edgar waited for them to catch up, then took the trail past the playground when Grant waved at it. Grant's cheeks puffed out as he considered, and he nodded. I guess so. I don't want to blow your cover. I wouldn't want this to get out and hurt the leaves if they're innocent, Grant explained quietly. Bradshaw hummed in agreement as they strolled deeper into the woods. They were quiet for several moments, and Grant felt steadier until Bradshaw stopped them. I'm sorry, Grant he said as he gripped Grant's arm and ducked so he could find his eyes. I'm sorry for the stress this has caused you, and I'm sorry I lied, he stated clearly and gently. Grant was stunned by the sincerity and vulnerability he saw as he lost himself in the soft, soft blue of Bradshaw's eyes. He wasn't used to making mistakes and apologizing, but Grant could see that his opinion mattered more to Bradshaw than his pride. Okay, he said as he nodded weakly. Bradshaw sighed as he pushed his hand into his pocket and kicked at the mulch. I didn't know if you'd hear me out if I approached you directly, he admitted. I thought it would make more sense, what I was proposing, if I could show you first. And I thought I was gaining your trust so you'd believe me and want to help me, Bradshaw explained. It was never my intention to embarrass you or make you uncomfortable. Thank you, and I understand, Grant replied shakily then waved at Edgar as he paced at the fork in the trail. They continued after him, and Grant snorted and looked away as Edgar squatted next to the trash can. Bradshaw was about to witness once again how broken Grant was. He pulled three sandwich bags out of his pocket and double-bagged one hand. He lowered and kept his head pulled away and quickly spread the third bag open and scooped up Edgar's droppings with the bagged hand. He deftly turned the bag inside out and twisted them shut, before dropping the bundle into the can. 
He shook his right hand anxiously as he reached into his pocket with his left and removed a tiny bottle of sanitizer and squirted it onto his right palm. He coated his hand and fingers and waved his hand until it was dry, then pulled the small pack of wipes out of his hoodie pocket. He cleaned his right hand then tossed the wipe into the trash. Bradshaw's lips twitched as Grant rubbed his fingers against his thigh, and they both knew he wouldn't like his hand again until he could wash it with hot water and soap. I think this would be a lot easier for you and less stressful if we could be friends, Bradshaw said as he took Grant's hand and gave it a gentle tug. Grant's eyes widened as he stared at their hands, but he followed. Bradshaw's arm slid around Grant's shoulders, and he gave him a bolstering squeeze as Linda Jones jogged around the corner and stopped to greet Edgar. Bradshaw stepped away, but his fingers tangled with Grant's before he released them. Linda caught it, and she blushed as she waved. Grant's head tilted as he stared at the trail between them, and he was struck by how easy it was for Bradshaw to manufacture those perfectly timed intimate moments. He did it on their date, when Olivia brought the check, and he made Vanessa swoon over them at the Six Beans. Linda beamed as she jogged past them, and Bradshaw waited until they were alone again to put his arm around Grant. Where was I? He asked as they walked. It would be less stressful if we were friends. Grant murmured distantly. Is any of it real? He wondered as he recalled Bradshaw's open vulnerability as he apologized and silently urged Grant to forgive him. I don't want to disrupt your life any more than I have to, and I think we could help each other, if you can stop seeing me as the enemy, Bradshaw said, and Grant frowned. Why did he feel like Bradshaw was planning to pull his life apart at the seams? If anything... Bradshaw wouldn't want Grant to become attached or to create too much of a scandal in Hopkins Creek. How can you help me? Grant asked, and a wicked grin slanted Bradshaw's lips. I want to take you out to dinner Friday night, he stated, and helped Grant as he stumbled. Thank you for warning me, he muttered as he looked behind them at the nothing he tripped on. I thought it might help if you had a few days to prepare, Bradshaw said. I'll pick you up around 6 p.m. and drive you into Aspenville. We'll have fun and I'll tease you into drinking a little too much wine, and then I'll take you home. I'll kiss you at the door and leave like a gentleman, unless you can convince me to stay, he added cheekily, and Grant rolled his eyes. How does that help me? We'll go to lunch on Saturday, and I was hoping you'd invite me over for dinner. We'll go on a few more dates and I'll do my best to be the perfect boyfriend and show Hopkins Creek and Aspenville exactly how you deserve to be treated. In a few weeks, you won't be nervous, and you'll know what to expect when you're on a date with a man who knows what you're worth, Bradshaw explained, and Grant's brow rose as he leaned away from him. You're going to teach me how to date, he asked suspiciously, and Bradshaw shook his head. No, you're fine just the way you are, he said as his hand swatted dismissively. The first time you do something new is always the hardest, right? he asked, and Grant nodded slowly. So, you can get over the butterflies with me. It'll be like a practice run, Bradshaw added, and Grant chewed on his lip as he turned it over. It made sense. If Grant could survive a date with Bradshaw without acting like a man inhabited by a wet cat, he could survive a date with just about anyone else. But Grant was dubious and predicted he'd still be a mess with Bradshaw and the next guy. I don't think that's going to work but I appreciate the offer. 
Chapter 13 There had to be some way to help Grant relax. He was playing his part perfectly if Royce wanted Grant to play the flustered, overwhelmed single dad, cautiously dipping his toe back into romance. The problem was, Royce didn't like seeing Grant off balance and nervous. Hopkins Creek and Aspenville were Grant's safe haven, and the community was his support system. Royce didn't want to rob Grant of his security and shake what little confidence he had. If anything, Royce wanted to show everyone in Hopkins Creek and Aspenville just what Grant was capable of. He was witty and wry, and there was a spark inside of Grant that he kept hidden from the world. But Royce caught a glimpse of it as they kissed under the streetlight. Let's go, Grant whispered as he grabbed Royce's hand. It felt like something Royce had never done, and it made the hairs on his arms stand as Grant trembled against him. Royce wanted Grant to let go and trust him again. He wanted to go back to that moment just before he told Grant the truth and lost his trust. Royce could feel the passion and heat simmering just beneath the surface as Grant panted and clung to him, and it was enthralling. It made Royce ache every time he recalled the way his body throbbed with lust. He hadn't felt that much raw need and curiosity in his life. And that was just Royce. Grant was starving and on the verge of losing control, and it drove Royce wild. Are you looking forward to tomorrow night? Royce asked as they watched Edgar charm a little girl on the swings before he bounded back to the trail. I guess, Grant murmured distractedly as he watched Edgar sniff at something in the trash can. Don't even think about it, he called, and Edgar hung his head before he circled around the can and squatted. I really don't want to get my car detailed or rush him to the vet because he ate a rancid diaper, he grumbled under his breath, and Royce's face pinched in agreement. Just do your business and come away from there, Royce ordered Edgar, and Grant sighed as the dog finished his business then trotted off. Royce thought Grant's poo pickup ritual was adorable. Grant had a similar ritual whenever he changed Audrey's diapers, apparently, and Royce didn't think it was too unreasonable. He had his own hang-ups, and they weren't entirely rational. Grant wiped his hand on his jeans and shook it out again, and Royce considered taking it, but he'd probably pull away. He flirted easier and leaned into Royce a little more when they were being observed, but Grant became tense and evasive when they were alone. Royce's eyes narrowed as he searched for some other peace offering to ease Grant's nerves and thaw a little of the chill between them. I've never been to a target, he whispered as he clasped his hands behind his back and leaned toward Grant. He laughed and it was a startled burst, and his eyes watered as he looked at Royce. Really? he asked, and Royce nodded then winced bashfully. I'm looking forward to it, actually. It's a brilliant idea, isn't it? Everything in one place? I've heard really good things about it, he added, and Grant hummed in agreement, and he itched his nose to hide a smile. Target's great. Do they really have popcorn and pretzels? Royce asked. Grant bit down on his lips as he nodded, and Royce didn't mind that he was acting like an alien. It sounds like an amusement park or a festival. We should go soon, he said, and Grant gave in and laughed. It's wild. Wait until you see their weekly flyer, he chuckled, and Royce's eyes widened. There's a weekly flyer? he asked, and Grant grinned as he followed Edgar back to the parking lot. 
Royce was sad to see their walk come to an end. What are you doing later? He gave Grant a hopeful look, and he flinched and bit his lip as he leaned back. I... I didn't really have any plans. Audrey's going to Ashley's to lay out and swim in her pool. It's got a waterfall, and Ashley's brother is home from college, he murmured, and Royce raised his brows at him. Want to go to Target? he asked, and his pulse picked up as Grant's lips twisted and his brows fell. I do need to make a run to Costco he said, and Royce gasped as he swayed closer. Costco? What's that like? He whispered, and another startled laugh slipped from Grant. You're going to love it. Royce adored Costco and Target was brilliant. He bought a shaving cream that smelled lovely for $12. It was absurd. And the ties were $14.99. Royce bought eight ties and socks with rainbows and unicorns on them. He couldn't wait to show Walter and decided to buy him a pair as well. Grant promised he wouldn't wear them when Royce offered to buy him a pair. I'll wear them on our date tomorrow night, he decided, and Grant blushed adorably as he parked in his driveway. Great, he said, but his knuckles were white as they twisted around the steering wheel. Grant? Royce called as he turned his chin. I had a wonderful time today. Thank you. He heard Grant suck in a breath and shiver as he leaned close, and Royce drank his startled moan as their lips touched. Slow down, Grant panted as he pushed against Royce's chest. It's Thursday afternoon. Let's keep this PG, he scolded, and Royce swallowed hard as he nodded in agreement. Sorry, he rasped, then reached behind him and pushed the door open. You promised me tater tots. Royce reminded Grant as they got out. I didn't forget, he chuckled as he raised the back door. I'm about to blow your mind with the air fryer. I've never had nachos or tater tot nachos, Royce confessed, and Grant hissed as his eyes dropped. I feel terrible about your waistline, he said, and Royce's neck craned. What's wrong with my waistline? I'm about to destroy it with that bag of cheese and a bottle of ranch, Grant warned, and Royce snorted defiantly. I'm not afraid of love handles. I think I could carry off the dad bod, he said as he curled his fingers, then grunted as Grant pushed the colossal bag of tater tots at Royce. Of course you can, he replied flatly, and Royce frowned as Grant grabbed a box of assorted fruit and soft mozzarella. Let's have chips and salsa too. Royce said as Grant hooked his arm around the tub of salsa. Sure, he chuckled as he let Royce into the house, then groaned at the mess in the sink as he put down the salsa. Sometimes I don't dread her going to college, he shared as he scraped off a plate, then put it into the dishwasher. Royce hummed vaguely as he opened the fridge and hunted for the appropriate place for the cheese. He made himself useful and put things away as Grant ranted about Audrey and prepared the tater tots. Grant air-fried a basket of the frozen tots, then dumped them on a baking sheet, and covered them in shredded cheese and baked them. He topped them with chopped green onions and ranch dressing, and Royce sobbed as he ate. This is sorcery, Royce declared as he wiped his lips with a napkin, then moaned as he took a sip of his beer. I've been to the finest restaurants in the world, and I've never tasted anything as incredible as this. 
He leaned on his elbow and pointed at his plate with his fork, then swore as he shook his head. You're going to love taco night, Grant chuckled, then licked his lips as Royce's eyes became heavy and clung to them. Does that mean I'm invited? He asked as his head tilted, and Grant nodded. Sure, he whispered breathlessly. Grant. Royce sighed, but the spell broke. Grant groaned and bit into his lip. Please, don't. It was faint and ragged, and it felt like a punch in the gut. Royce rocked back and held up his hands as he recovered. I'm sorry, he said. Grant pushed a hand through his hair and his nose wrinkled. I don't know what this means, or what to do about it. He complained as he slid out of his seat and went to the fridge for another beer. Why do you have to assume the worst? Royce asked. Grant's tongue slid across his teeth as he gave Royce a withering look. You shot my tire. We'll have a charming story when we tell our grandkids, Royce suggested, and Grant hummed in agreement. We'll need one to explain this mystery, he said as he waved between them. Royce's hand dragged down his face as he prayed for strength. Then he smiled and waved airily. It's fine. I'll sublimate my desire with an ungodly amount of fat and calories, he said, then shrugged as he stabbed his fork into a mound of potatoes, cheese, onions, and ranch. Thanks for understanding, Grant said as he dropped back into his seat. He pushed out a hard breath and winced at Royce. I'm over what happened before, mostly but it would be a lot less confusing for me if I wasn't trapped in my head worrying about your motives and how much of this is about obligation and pity, he explained as he pried off the cap. Royce frowned at his fork and shook his head. I honestly had a great time today. I thought it was about that, he countered, and Grant nodded. I did too. It was a great way for us to bond and to help me relax when people are watching us, he replied. If that was your plan, he added, but his eyes stayed on his bottle, avoiding Royce's. Royce hissed as he shifted and stretched his neck. That's fair, but that wasn't it, he insisted. I wanted to spend time with you and do something in your comfort zone, but it wasn't about the mission. I don't want to cause you more stress, and I want this to be easier for you. He watched Grant closely as he turned it over. The corner of Grant's lips curved and Royce felt a warm flutter in the center of his chest. Thank you for that. It was low and soft, and Royce didn't hear a trace of sarcasm or accusation. Then, Grant's brows pulled together as his teeth scraped over his lip, and Royce braced himself. But at the end of the day, you're here because of the Lees, and all of this is part of your cover. You have to be nice and fix me. That's what the perfect boyfriend would do, right? The best covers are the ones that are exactly what they look like. But I don't know if I can pretend to fall in love as well as you, or how to pretend I've been fixed when this is over. I don't think you need to be fixed, Royce interrupted, but Grant held up his hand. Tell that to my medicine cabinet. I'll get the hang of this and figure out how to play my part because everyone's counting on me and I think I could convince someone normal and decent to want me if I can fool Hopkins Creek into believing you'd fall in love with me, he mused. Royce hated the idea of someone normal and decent for Grant, 
particularly the normal part. Are you saying I'm indecent? Royce asked, and Grant's eyes swept to the ceiling before he shrugged. I think so, he said, and Royce grinned. Then we're halfway there. I'm going to prove that you're not nearly as boring or broken as you think you are, he warned. Grant opened his mouth to say something terrible about himself, but Royce held up his fork and gave him a threatening look. Tomorrow. Let's enjoy the rest of our dinner, and then I'll leave you to your bath and your ambient. I don't mind appearing more wholesome and respectable. God knows my father would approve, he added dryly, and Grant laughed softly as he raised his shoulder. You can't take off before we've had dessert. I wouldn't be much of a boyfriend if I didn't give you ice cream. Have you ever had a root beer float? He asked, and Royce dropped his fork. No, he gasped as his eyes swung to the refrigerator. Royce learned that he couldn't sublimate his desire for Grant with tater tots and ice cream, but it was still one of the most magical days of his life. He'd seen the wonders of the world, the world's greatest masterpieces and the Aurora Borealis, but nothing felt as wondrous and moved Royce as deeply as seeing Grant blush and hearing him laugh which was shockingly decent and wholesome as far as revelations went.